What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another Coast to Coast podcast today. It's not really Coast to Coast because we're all on the same coast. We all went from the West Coast today. Uh, this what's going on. It's winter break. It's how it's going. But, boys, how are we doing so far this break? All on break now? Mm-hmm. Chilling. Literally just chilling. Just breezing through everything. But, hey. Not doing shit. We got some games to talk about. Before we got Christmas coming up, we got games coming up on Christmas. Hopefully, uh, some players can deliver some Christmas Day presents with their fantasy football performances. We'll get into that. Uh, a bad week of football when it came to fantasy. I think two guys in our league scored like 100 points this year week. It was just tremendous. Yeah. No one showed up that need to show up. People were getting injured, and it was just a problem. But a guy who continues to be a problem is Jonathan Taylor. And let's take a look at the Colts, 27-17 to 17 against the Patriots. I think Wentz threw the ball like eight times this game. But, like, I got to ask you guys, Jose, I'll ask you first. Do the Patriots lose respect or do the Colts gain respect from this game? Or is it both? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say the Pats would lose respect from this game. Like, they did get really battered by a, a really elite Colts defense. But this Colts team has shown, like, that they can bounce back from adversity. They lost to the Bucks a couple of weeks back in a tough loss. So it was going to be hard for them to lose this game, especially at home. Um, and, I mean, my boy Indy, I know he's going to be rooting for the Niners this week to beat the fucking Titans so the Colts can take that number one spot. So it's, it's, it's interesting. The standings are finally, you know, really shaking up and taking place for the playoffs. So. But, J- I mean, is JT your MVP right now, like legitimately? Nah, I, I'd want to no. put him there, but I think you got to give it to Rodgers. Yeah, I think it has to be Rodgers. Unless Rodgers has like big a really, games. really bad game in the next couple of weeks. But dude, like he, JT called game on like probably one of the greatest runs I've seen to end a game like that. Like that 70-yard run to end the game when they the Pats had just come back when they had been struggling all game. Like that was, that was some I mean, real like putting the team on your back type shit. But then again, does Rodgers – okay, so Rodgers' numbers right now, he's – 18 uh, TD short of what he had last year. Going, He's got three weeks left. Uh, he's not going to get six TDs yeah. a game. I hate to tell you that. Uh, he's yeah. he's a th- he's 800 yards short, but, you know, he's got an extra game this year. It's just not I, – I guess you could say he's the MVP, but I think the thing is, like, oh, Derrick Henry didn't win the MVP last year. But, like, I, I don't know. I think in terms of pure numbers he might be, but I don't know if the narrative is going to fall in his hands. Hey, I will say if they win out, but more like specifically, like if they beat the Cardinals next week, then it's like, all right, it might have to be him. Because like you said, I mean, Rodgers, like it it makes sense for him because they are like the one seed at this point. But yeah, he doesn't really have like those typical, like, you know, blow you away MVP numbers. But then like no one else is even in the comment. It's really between Rodgers and Taylor right now. Everyone else has has uh, foregone their bid, honestly, for them. Or a blemish on their record, yeah. Definitely say that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, just a nasty team. Hunter Henry seems like he is the tight end one there. It seems like John is kind of the weapon at this point. But, yeah, but like you're talking about, we talked about MVPs. We had an MVP out this game uh, in the Ravens game, but we had a dude become an MVP in Tyler Huntley. Four total touchdowns, two through the ground, two through the air. Uh, dominating performance, but fucking stop going for the two-point conversion. Like, you do, you did it against Pittsburgh. You did it against the Packers. So Who knows? You could have won both of those games. You would have been the number one seed in the AFC if they had actually won both of those games. So, so you're letting the best kicker in the NFL sit on the sideline and watch as you guys 
decide, oh, let's go for two. Let's try and win the game. So super decision. But Carson, I got to ask you, um, what do you think of this Packers team? Do you think it's finally their year? Because I think, honestly, it's a, it's, is it finally their year? It's probably a bigger narrative than it is with the Cowboys at this point because these Packers just continuously fail in the playoffs. So I got to ask you, do you yes. think Matt, Matt, uh, LaFleur is going to finally take them to the promised land? Um, it might be, I mean, you look at the, you know, you look at the Bucks, who are probably their next best competition and they're just, you know, Leonard, you know, Fournette's out, Godwin's out for the year. They're, it's, you know, they're just getting decimated. You know, the Rams are shaky. Uh, you know, the Cardinals, I mean, they just lost to the Lions. So I, you can't take them seriously at all. Um, I mean, honestly, you know, the Niners are kind of creeping back into where we might get a rematch of, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Niners Packers again, that, that might that might happen to be honest because they right now those two teams look like you know the hottest and the best teams in the nfc right now but i i it definitely could be it's shaping up and honestly if they don't if rogers doesn't get them to the super bowl this year then it's like there needs to be a lot of self-reflection in that because it really should be i mean everything is lining up for them because to me they they, they are the best and the healthiest team in, in yep. the nfc so it should be but yeah the ravens man if they if they would have just you know gotten that extra point tied it up they would have at least won a game out of those two between the Steelers and the Packers. They would have at least split those, if not won both of them. And then they just yeah. lost both of them. And yeah. it's, it's tough. They're the eighth seed in the AFC. It might be the Packers year. It's, it's looking like Ooh. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're the I would AFC. love for the Niners to take care of the Packers because right now, as a Cowboys fan, that's the one team I do not want to face in the playoffs right now. In Lambeau, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Oh, I didn't even mention the Cowboys, but Mike McCarthy's their coach, so I can't really trust them either. So, <laughs> and Dak's hey, Dak's I mean, been fall, falling off recently. Like it's it's hard. To, it's our hard offense, to see. Our whole yeah. offense, our yeah. whole offense has just been kind of like, eh. yeah, it's crazy because you thought go like after like halfway point of this year, you said like you would have put your entire house on Dak Prescott winning comeback player of the year. I think it's Nick Bosa's award at this point. Nick Bosa has been elite yeah. this year. I mean, Dak yeah. started off the season elite, but now he's been kind of like, man, he's like Carson Wentz almost, which is, I know it's an argument you don't want to hear at all, but. Nah, I still think Carson Wentz relies on his running game. A lot oh more. yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like in terms of number, just box numbers, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Numbers are pretty like, close to Carson. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but a one guy that, hey, he's been put two two guys with an amazing connection this year, and it was going off in our fantasy football chat is Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup was getting guarded by like middle linebackers that have no business guarding him and uh, went off for another crazy game. Currently, I think he's like 300 something yards short of breaking Calvin Johnson's single season receiving yards record. He's on pace to get the triple crown, which I don't think happens. Sterling Sharp in like the 80s, which is crazy to see a guy that like just paid a couple seasons due to some injury reasons. But wow, look at Stafford's numbers. I just looked at these up. 4,100 yards, 35 TDs, which is second in the NFL, 10 t- interceptions, and a 65.7 QBR, which is third in the NFL, I believe, just behind um, Justin Herbert. And I can't recall, I think probably Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. But I got to ask, Carson, is the Pete Carroll era officially over with this game? Because I'd say yes. Yeah, it should be. I mean, this team is just – they're so uninspiring. They're they're almost a little like, like the Lakers in a sense where they have so much capital and a few assets that they don't really have many outs. And one of the few outs that they have to, you know, start rebuilding and gain more assets is – 
their best asset in, in, in Russell Wilson. And yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll, I mean, their defense is, you know, the days of the Legion of Boom, uh, Legion of Boom. I mean, to be fair, they, they don't have the same talent that that team had, but their defense has just been atrocious the last couple seasons. I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, you know, if you want to try and stop Cup, you know, that's probably one of the last things to do is, you know, put the guys that they were putting on him. It, it just, it just seems like it's ran its course. Um, it just, it's time, you know, it's time to, time to end the movie franchise, time to, you know, cut the ties. I think definitely a fresh start is needed in Seattle and it's going to suck because, you know, Seattle fans, it's weird. They've been competitive for, you know, so long now. And I just think a total rebuild uh, is in store for them to be on. I think that's, I, I think that's the best possible case scenario for their future going forward. And yeah. it's sad, yeah. but I think it's sad truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly, I think, the Pete Carroll and the Russell Wilson era kind of has to end, you know, simultaneously. Um, I think they owe it to Russ. Like he's already won them a ring. You know, they kind of owe it to him to go wherever he wants, whether it be the Broncos or wherever, you know, he should go somewhere where he can still compete at a high level and take a team to the playoffs. Um, Because I mean, he's, he's still valuable and he's still, Mm -hmm. you know, he's still good ball. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, just a sad scene to see because, yeah, there's no up from here. This current roster, there's no guys that I think that – I mean, Metcalf, I think Metcalf and, like, Jordan Brooks on their defense are the only young guys I think have potential in this team. I, I, Chris Carson should retire from football at this point. He seems like he's injured every year, and it's a bum because you draft him in, like, the sixth round of fantasy. He puts up 20 points week one. You think he's a goat. And uh, But, Jose, you're talking about Russell Wilson – uh, what team would you want to see him on next year? Assuming that it ends here in Seattle, uh, is there a team like that, that you just like to see a matchup with? You know, maybe you want to send him to the NFC East, send him to the uh, Giants, and you guys have a rivalry with Russ. Or is there a different team that you'd rather see him play for? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of teams that could use a QB. Uh, the Falcons would be really fun if he went there. I think there's a lot of weapons he could have some fun with. The Panthers also, I mean, obviously Cam isn't really the guy there. Um, and the Broncos have been talking about getting a new QB for a few seasons now, uh, whether they don't, you know, if they don't get to land Aaron Rodgers, you know, make a call for Aaron, for, for Russell Wilson because he, I, I would want to go there. I mean, they've got a ton of young pieces. And a defense that's very stout, got a young star at corner, still got a brilliant pass rusher, yeah. uh, Bradley, uh, Bradley uh, Chubb. Chubb. But yeah, um, heading on. Last game we got to talk about 49ers, Falcons, a steamroll of the Falcons as the Falcons could not find their way into the end zone. Uh, so, Carson, I got to ask you, uh, you put the question down on there. Uh, are the Niners hot enough to make a real run in the playoffs? You know, last year, uh, injuries just derailed us, didn't have a chance. Uh, we're able to trade up and draft Trey Lance, who hasn't made an impact yet. But I'll ask another question after this, though. But do you think uh, the Niners can really make a true playoff run? Uh, yes, hundred percent. They're you know they're fully they're fully healthy at this point. I mean you know they're getting Elijah Mitchell back. You know Kittle has been you know as soon as he got healthy, he's been popping off in the start. I think you know we just have so many you know blue chip guys. That I think you know we can have guys like Kittle and Debo you know carry us on offense as well as our you know whole run game. And then on defense, you know guys like Bosa you know can carry us. And yeah, hundred percent, we're getting hot at the right time. This Titans game is is really uh is really going to confirm that and same with you know the rams game at the uh, the very last week um but 100 percent, i mean we have we have the blue chippers and the talent to do it and uh especially yeah. with that run game you know when it gets into you know 
you know, January, February, like that run game is extremely crucial. And we're one of the best at it in the, in the whole league. So hundred percent. I mean, I still, you know, it's not like I'm giving all my trust in the Jimmy G and whatnot, but uh, it is so crazy that, you know, we're, we're this hot, we're, we're finding this much success, you know, when we kind of not missed on Lance, it's too early to call that, but, you know, we drafted someone that hasn't even contributed at all this year. It's kind of, it's kind of similar to, uh, you know, like the Warriors in a sense were like, you know, Wiseman, you know, our coveted draft pick, you know, last year or two yeah. years ago, I guess, hasn't really done much for us. It hasn't even really mattered because we're still good regardless. And I think it's kind of very similar with the Niners. So 100%, yeah. I'm so excited for, for tomorrow, uh, for Thursday, because uh, we hopefully will steamroll the Titans and really, really, really show everyone, though, yeah, we're here, we're legit, like we're making a run at the most yeah. crucial time. Yeah, which kind of sets me up. I wanted to ask you, uh, I saw someone talking about it. What happens if the Niners go out, they win a playoff game? Regardless of who they beat, they make it to the NFC Divisional, or even they go as far as, you know, they make uh, the championship game. Or for some God crazy reason, they win the Super Bowl or make the Super Bowl. What do you do next summer going in? I'll ask Jose this question. You go into training camp, you have – Jimmy Garoppolo, who just led you into the playoffs. And then you have a young star in Trey Lance who has the potential to be a league-winning guy. Um, what do you do? Who do you go with? And, I mean, assuming you go, oh, I see the guy that's winning, do you just keep Trey Lance for another year or do you explore options before he loses value? Yeah. I mean, this is like the ultimate question here. And I think the same comparison can be kind of drawn to, you know, the Warriors again, like that Monte Ellis, Steph Curry type thing where, you know, they kind of have to decide, are we going to give, you know, the keys to our franchise to this young kid who could be a star? You know, it's a huge risk, but, you know, obviously it would pay off. Or are we going to go with, you know, the veteran who has, you know, had a, a solid floor you know, for a few years now? So at that point, I mean, Jimmy G, He's taking – if he does take you to the Super Bowl this season, I mean, that's his second Super Bowl he's taking you to. Uh, regardless of whether you win or not, I think you've got to hold on to him for at least the start of next season uh, and see, you know, in QB competition if Trey Lance can kind of beat him out or, or what's the deal there. And if Trey Lance really isn't, isn't showing any improvement or any sort of, like, taking control of this offense for himself, you know, that he wants the starting job, and I think that's when you can explore options for Trey Lance because there's definitely still teams that value Trey Lance as a QB that can, you know, fully commit to him as their QB project. Um, and you could definitely get some value for him. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think you let them, you let them battle it out in training camp. And I think both, I mean, both guys have really, really great value to be honest. I mean, you know, for a lot of teams, you know, it's either you'd want, you know, a potential star QB to build with for the future. But there's going to be a lot of teams out there, you know, in the offseason that are going to want a guy like Jimmy G. A lot of teams that feel like they're a stable, you know, veteran quarterback away that, you know, it's just like a, you know, a little bit more than a great game manager away from being really, really competitive. And Jimmy G fits that 100%. Um, and if, if you think that Trey Lance is ready to, you know, take the next step and, and to be that star of the future, then I think Jimmy G, you, uh, you know, same way would have a lot of value as well. So it's really, I think it's just going to be, you know, what we thought was this year and turns out Lance just wasn't ready. I think will truly, you know, be this year is that it will be a, a QB competition in camp and we'll see, you know, yeah, you, um, a decision will have to be made soon, but just let them, let them battle it out. Let them see, you know, who, who gets it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So uh, 
One of my favorite segments is always biggest questions from the week. Um, one that I've been looking at all season. I think we all have to pay attention to is the development of Jalen Hurts. Um, finally getting a full season under his belt as he wraps it up and a potential to make the playoffs, uh, which will probably come down to his last week's game versus the Cowboys uh, at AT&T, correct? I believe so. Yeah. We South just played the- an away game. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But none- nonetheless, though, uh, if you were in the spot of Howie Roseman, uh, Carson, I'll ask you this. Uh, would you commit the lo- Hurts long-term at this point and start to build around him? You know, not a great, great thrower. You know, obviously can develop that potential, but almost 750 yards on the ground, 10 touchdowns. Uh, he's winning football, though. So do you decide to go winning football, or do you decide maybe we go with a guy? Maybe they want a Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe they want to bring a guy like that in there uh, that can throw the ball, move the ball around, a uh, good, you know, high-level ceiling, uh, floor, <laughs> field general. You know what I'm getting at, Carson. What's your take? Sure. Um, I'm going to answer this real quick. I got to go grab, grab my charger real quick, but Hertz, I think Hertz has proved that he is good enough to continue, you know, playing, uh, you know, for the next couple seasons. But I think, you know, first and foremost with the Eagles, I would just, you know, work on everything else because, you know, Hertz is just good enough to be your starting Q- QB. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl quarterback. I don't know if he's, you know, really actually like a playoff, like raise your team ceiling, to, you know, you know, become a playoff contender type quarterback. I don't really know that because he's a fantasy God, but I don't really know if he's like an actual like football God. Just, I don't, I don't really trust him like that, but I think their roster needs more work to, you know, give him that opportunity. I think you'd spend, you know, he's young. You spend these next couple of years improving, you know, the weapons, improving, you know, on defense and the secondary whatnot. And then, you know, when you get your, when you think your roster is good enough to really, really compete then that's really when you're going to be able to judge Hertz as a, as what would be a, a franchise long-term quarterback. Okay, I'll, I'll be right back. Then Jose, we'll hand it off to you. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I think their roster is definitely not good enough to be reevaluating a position that I would say has been successful for them. I mean, they, they struggled with Carson Wentz the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, the QB spot in Philly is a really tough you know, it's a tough place to play. And I think Jalen Hurts really has the grit and that kind of like, you know, flashy play style that is you know good enough to be successful in a place like Philly. And I mean, they're in the playoff picture. Like that's for, you know, the roster that they have, the, you know, the old line that they have, the pieces that they've got. I mean, they, they've had a good season, I would say. So oh. I don't think, you know, trying to say that Jalen Hurts is the problem here. Or any any anything like that, you know, it's justified. I think Jalen Hurts has earned his spot there as the QB. Um, and if they don't believe in him, then he he deserves to start somewhere uh, because mm-hmm. I don't think you know, Jalen Hurts is a bum or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that takes us into our next question: talking about quarterbacks, talking where people are going to end up. Which NFL teams do you guys expect uh, to enter next season with a new starting quarterback? Jose, I'll hit it right back at you. We were looking at this earlier. Um, just going off the list of some teams, name some that you think uh, could start next season with a new quarterback based on how this year's gone. Looking at the standings right here, maybe the Giants. Um, I really need – I need to see the Seahawks with a new quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to see Matt Ryan retire and see where the Falcons go there. Um, 
And the Saints have got to have a new quarterback, right? Like, they, there's no way they roll Winston with Hill. Oh well, yeah. When Winston comes back, but even then, like, are you rolling with Winston? True. Yeah, I kind of just had one good game. Uh, Carson, some other teams that you thinking of that could start a new quarterback next season? Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna run off. Uh, definitely, I think the football team they're always they're always a candidate for a new quarterback next year. Um, yeah, Seahawks. I mean, yeah, if you're not gonna if you're gonna pick one or the other between Pete and Russ, you know, like I would like to see Russ gone. Um, but if he stays there, then hopefully Pete Carroll will be gone. Um, Browns, I would love. I mean, do you really want to stick with Baker, or who's you know problematic? He's you know hurt. He's not even really that good to begin with. Or do you roll with a mid-level guy? Like, I mean, they already have one like on their bench, like a Case Keenum, someone like that. I mean, like maybe Mullen. the Raiders. They want to get some value out of Carr. Uh, let's see who we got. Broncos, maybe they're always a potential as well. Um, Steelers, hopefully. They will have a new Steelers. one. Oh, they, they definitely will. Unless they, they go to yeah, Mason. So Steelers will have one. Um, you already mentioned Kenny the Pickett. Giants. Um, Panthers, for sure. Um, I just – I think I think Cam's done, and I think Darnold – it's kind of hard to go back to Darnold after what happened this year. I, I just think that's, that's a lost cause as well. Um, Sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would expect the Panthers. I mean, you you mentioned Russ on the Panthers. Oh my gosh, that would be awesome. I would I would actually really really take them kind of seriously if if yeah. Russ was on that team for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Falcons as well. Um, if they're in a position to get uh, I mean, damn, six and eight. I really I need to see, see Tyler Hawkins kind of tank and you will get like a top QB prospect. But I mean, they still could. You never know. But um, yeah. yeah, those are my teams for sure. Yeah, I guess so. Looking at the situation, the draft order, whatever order it's going to be, it looks like it's probably be Jags and then Lions at this point. And the presumption is that it's going to be like Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or any order of that how it works. Which team do you guys think is going to be the team that like the Niners that trades up into that top three to get a quarterback that might not be you know just out of the the playoffs or something along along the lines of that because. Looking at this, I think if Kenny Pickett does really well, I think the Steelers or I think the Steelers or even the Browns should throw as many asses as they can to get up to that top. I would you just, guys- I mean, I'm not really sure, like, I'm still not exactly sure, you know, how the you know the draft, you can kind of really tell how it's going to fold, you know, unfold probably like a month or two out or maybe even a couple, like three, four months out. So I'm not, I'm not really sure like what QBs will be, you know, where they're going to end up or, you know, where you're going to have to trade up to. But definitely, I mean, it, you know, whoever it is, I would love to see, you know, the Brown, like, you know, kind of gets our next question, but like Browns, Steelers, these teams that like have such great rosters, but just, you know, really their, their problem is just their quarterback play. And I would love to see one of those teams move up hundred percent, you know, whatever it takes, unless you're giving up like, you know, a miles Garrett or someone like that, Th- those guys oh, yeah. have to keep, never. but never a low key team that, that like, we don't really expect to replace QB, the Titans. I mean, Ooh. Brian Tannehill is going to be 34 this summer. You know, what we've, we've kind of seen, yeah, we've kind of seen him. You know, reach. A, a, no, I'm a here for that. A team, a team would love to have Tannehill. There's a, plenty of teams out here that would love to have Tannehill. Yeah, and I mean the Titans, like 
he's not going to lead them to the promised land. It's going to be Derrick Henry, and they need a more dynamic oh. QB. So I horrific. can see them trading up. This is his yeah, worst he, career season since his rookie year. He's been pretty bad, yeah. He does yeah. have seven rushing touchdowns, though. Okay, but I don't, I'm not going to really factor that in. But, like, look, so yeah. his lowest touchdown total since his rookie year, and, you know, if he gets three more touchdowns, It'll be his set his third lowest, but he's not. It's not going to be. Wow, his and he had his best season last year, right? Second most interceptions. Yeah, thirty three and seven. I was mm-hmm. super high on Ryan Tannehill this year. I thought with Julio, which I think Julio might retire at this point. I don't know if we're going to see him back he in should. football. Sure. I think him and AB are both going to go out this offseason. That's my big expectation. I don't think Julio, uh, Julio or AB should be playing football anymore. But no, Carson, you alluded to it though. Uh, which NFL team do you think has a brighter future? Let's rank them in order. Browns, Steelers, Dolphins. Carson, you take it away since you talked about it. Man, okay. I would go Browns, Steelers, Man, I think I would I'd go the Dolphins third for sure. Oh. Like, re- yeah, I'll go the okay. Dolphins third. Just because, I mean, I look at I look at the Browns and the Steelers, right? The Browns, they got – they got Miles Garrett, who's young. They got mm-hmm. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, both young. They got, uh, you know, guys like Delpit, JOK, uh, Greedy, you know, Denzel Ward, you know, super, super uh, bright young core that are all, you know, around the same age. Same with the Steelers. I mean, they got Watt, they got Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson are both really young. Najee's a rookie. Um so I definitely think I have to go with the Browns. I think there's more volume there. But then I'd go Steelers second, and then I'd go Dolphins third. Hmm, interesting. interesting. Jose, you, you also had some disagreements. So who, who would you have in your list? Part of me part of me wanted – like my first thought was the Dolphins as one or two just because their defense has been so amazing this season. And, I mean, Tua has been the hottest – one of the hottest QBs the past like eight games. Like the only thing they're really missing on offense right now is your workhorse running back. Um, like they are a workhorse running back away from being, you know, one of these like Steelers, you know, Browns type teams. They're all missing we look at. like one key component. Like the Dolphins are missing their running back. The Browns are missing any receiver. Um, yeah. And then the Steelers, you know, I mean, they're all kind of missing a quarterback. And a one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. O-line, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Waddle's been amazing. Gasecki's been amazing. Um, your boy from Miami, uh, Phillips. Phillips, let's go, baby. He's at eight and a half. My, my boy, Javon Holland. I mean, they still got Xavier Howard. They still got um, old dude from the Cowboys. Why, are, why am I forgetting his name? Oh, uh, uh, Horner, Byron Jones. That's oh, Byron Jones, yeah. Byron. <laughs> yeah. Byron. Yeah, Byron. Uh, uh, but I mean, like this defense is good. I don't know. I like this Dolphins team. Yeah, uh, I, I think like Flores a lot. I really like Flores. He might be my yeah. favorite of the three coaches. Okay, so going in the future, I think three. I'm only putting the Steelers there because I don't understand what their quarterback situation is. I think the Browns are easier in a situation where they can slot someone in that's mediocre, like a free agent, and they can do well because I think the run game is just so powerful there because as good as people think Najee Harris is, he's not been having a great year like we expect him to. 
63 yards a game. Uh, hasn't had a fumble, though, which is good for him, but a lot of catches mm-hmm. off checkdowns, which might change a lot with a new quarterback, especially if you get a young guy that likes to throw it down the field. Um, he so, yeah, I put the yeah. Steelers at three. And also, you got to look at their defensive pieces. Uh, I think Joe Schobert has been one of the best players on their team this year. Let's see, he is uh, 28, so he's getting towards the older end of a linebacker. Cam Hayward's 32. Um, obviously, one of your best corners in uh, – what's it called? Joe Hayden's getting old. I mean, you still got Minka, who's been having a sort of a downer year. Uh, obviously, TJ Watt's going to continue to dominate. But some holes, though, that kind of concern me. Obviously, their offensive line game is poor. I mean, don't really have a solidified, like, young guy that they can really uh, build forward with. And like I said, the quarterback play scares me. Number two, yep. I, I want to put the Browns, but I, I got to put the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins just – they have a putrid O-line. It, it's horrendous. Um yeah, I think Tua would look way better without that O line, but like uh, we were, Jose was talking about, Waddle's gonna like he's gonna be the second best out of those th- uh, three teams in terms of receivers. I think Deontay is number one, and I put Waddle number two going into the future. Um, you got Kaseki, who's been great this year. Um, you just need to see some health out of guys like Will Fuller, uh, Preston Williams, maybe some step up from him. Uh, I like what Gaskin brings to the table, but I think they need a guy go out there and get Kenneth Walker in the draft. Uh, and I like what we've seen from Tua. He's been the most – he's got the best completion percentage out of all quarterbacks this year. You know, not flashy numbers, but you don't always need flashy numbers to win. And, uh, of course, they've been dominant this year. And like we said, the uh, offense – I mean, defensively, they've been great. Uh, you got a true ball hawk safety in Javon Holland, a true difference maker. You also got Xavier Howard. Don't forget about him. He's still really great. Um, you got some other pieces there. And the Browns just won, like you said. They, we, we've seen them make it into the playoffs – uh, just last year and dominated that Steelers team, by the way. Um, Baker is a big concern there because I don't think he's going to be the quarterback next year. And like you said, that wide receiver game, who the hell do they have? Donovan Peoples-Jones is not going to be the answer there. I hate to say it. Jarvis should be gone by the end of this year. Um, they like their tight end group. They have a really good tight end group, but I don't think all of them are going to stay. And then the defense is just amazing. So we'll leave it as that. And then – So if that goes 85 oh. – that makes then you going into our next Are you asking if oh. I'm 80? last question. Top sleeper fantasy football players, guys going on beyond round four, going the next season, you think have top 10 potential. Chol, is there a guy that you have on your mind that you really want to eye into going to the next season? I mean, I'm going to kind of cheat a little bit. We just talked about him. Jalen Waddle. I love Waddle. I don't know. He's just like a target and like a reception machine. I think, um, you know, he's just going to be a guy that, you know, it's going to like people are going to realize, oh, yeah, he had a good season, but they're still not, you know, going to put him into, you know, those top four or five rounds, which he probably should go. I think he's going to be a monster next year. I'm really, really excited for him. Um, let's see. Another guy I think is probably going to have a similar season next year, but probably might not even get drafted in the top, like, you know, seven, eight rounds. Hunter Renfro, he's been fantastic this year. And I think just, you know, based on the Raiders and like, you know, kind of how he's not the fastest guy, he's not the strongest guy. He's just, you know, he's just not never making highlight plays or anything. Um, I think those two are guys that I really, really want to target because I think they both have, you know, like high-end wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver one potential next year and will definitely probably go beyond round four. Most definitely. Jose, is there a guy in any position that you think is going to dominate next year? My biggest question is where does Cordero Patterson go in the draft? Mm. Does he, does he get old. overlooked? Like, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, is he? I feel like he's going to be overlooked just because 
you know, I mean, he's obviously old. He's just been like a gadget guy most of his career, return man originally. And like he's had a, a bit of a fluky season, I would say. He has 31 next year. Wonder, like written all over him, honestly. Yeah. So I I, I that's mean, my biggest question. He's what? Why? He's like RB or wide receiver. Like, top, like, top, 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 top 10. Like he's top 10. He's top 10. I know that. I wouldn't draft him top 10. I, don't, I wouldn't draft him in like the top three. I think there's just a lot of uncertainty with like their QB situation. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with Matt Ryan. I don't know. If I got him in like past like round five or six, I'd definitely take him. I think that's probably where I'd go. Yeah, I got a, I got four names actually. I'm gonna list off. Look at the running back position of the team that I expect to draft another O lineman again in the first round for the third straight year. The New York Jets. I think they're gonna go out there and get Evan Neal or one of the tackles uh, from the SEC to have Mackay Becton fully healthy, Elijah Vera Tucker uh, with Connor McGovern. And then the other tackle on the other side. I think Michael Carter is going to be insane next year uh, with that ex- really good blocking. I think he already had a great signs and flashes this year. I think he's going to be DeAndre Swift this uh, upcoming season. Hopefully, one that stays healthy. Um, also, looking at the running back position, uh, who was the guy that I was looking at? Um, uh, where was he? Oh, J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins is getting severely going to be underlooked because. He's been out this entire year, and I think that run game, he's going to go for over a 1,000 with ease, especially with a 17-game schedule, um, and I'd love to see that from him. Looking at wide receivers, you've got to look at Darnell Mooney. He's been a target machine for Justin Fields. With Dar- Justin Fields having a full season under his belt should be uh, for sure a 1,000-yard receiver going in the next year, barring any injuries. And then looking lastly at a wide receiver position, um, hey. If this guy's a new quarterback, do we have a different opinion on Robbie Anderson going in the next year? Yes, hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he was he was elite last year. I'd say in terms of like a deep threat and a guy that should get tons of yards and receptions. But yeah, and Kadarius Tony, another sleeper guy, I could see super yeah. shifty. If they get a new OC in there or something that can mix things up, I'd like to see that. I think with Robbie Anderson, I st- I still would look at him as like a low end flex, if anything, I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise my expectations too much if he, uh, yeah. Um, It'd be a pick that if you saw happen in like a certain round, you'd be like, Oh damn. Like I didn't see that guy. I think I could totally see that situation. Yeah. Jose, it looks like you got some notes typing up. Something you want to talk about? All right. This is my new favorite thing to do, especially, you know, when we get to the end of the season, we think back to draft time. Uh, I got a couple, a couple of players for y'all. So number one is a receiver, all right? You can see the stats on the dock. Player A has 80 receptions for 945 yards and five touchdowns, was drafted as a wide receiver 37 in PPR. Player B has 70 receptions, 940 yards, and six touchdowns, drafted as wide receiver 12. Who are you taking? Okay. Can I guess, though? I already know player A. I did some – Go ahead. I was – because he came up when I was putting my top fantasy reformers. Player A is Brandon Cooks. Yep. But yep. player B. Oh, Who is it? Man. Someone I we were really t- high on. Like super high on. Is ooh. Oh. Is it C D? Yep. DJ Moore? C D Lee. Yep. Wow. wow. Is wide receiver 12. Wow. Damn. And I'm really high on C D. Yeah. yeah. I still am high on him. I think he's gonna be great next yeah. year, but wow. That's yeah. Yeah. Insanity. 
Um, and Brandon Cooks two, is always solid, man. Always solid. Shout out, shout out Stockton uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and Oregon State. <laughs> yeah. But uh, run, uh, second one is a running back. Player A has got 700 rushing yards and 14 oh, touchdowns. Drafted mm-hmm. as running back 35, 97 overall. And player B, 789 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns. Drafted as RB7, 10th okay. player overall. Is A uh, James Conner? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. B. So Aaron Jones? It's Austin Eckler. What? Whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But his receiving work, his receiving work's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But to be drafted as a number 10 overall. And I mean, James Conner is definitely like top five. Oh, running. Conner deserves a lot of praise for what he's done this year. He's transformed himself, yeah. showed that he's a receiver. Insane. Wow. Insane. Damn. That's, that's crazy. Wild. That's wild. Uh, that's insane. Carson, um, you want to talk about uh, the winners and failures? Yeah. Uh, the 14 touchdowns definitely gave it away for Connor. Because I was like, what running back? Like, what running back went? It was so late, and he's already gotten this many touchdowns. Like, for sure, yeah. That's a crazy stat. But, yeah, we'll, we'll jump into it. Um, top fantasy performers and failures of the week. Uh, a QB that took a dub. Jalen Hurts, I mean, dropped 27.6 points. His first good fantasy game since week 11. Um, you know, I think week 12, he put up, like, six points. Week 13, he missed. 14, they had a bye. He almost had 300 yards passing. Uh, he had three overall touchdowns, two rushing, one throwing. And a QBL – Tom Brady, man, I mean, sheesh, 4.76 points. Uh, the Saints, they clearly have his number, but it's never been this bad, you know, like it was, uh, you know, on Sunday. Uh, he was shut out for the first time in 15 years. 15 years. You know who um, the last person to shut him out, last head coach? Who, Brett Favre? Oh, Nick Saban. Coach? Nick Saban oh, was the last head coach to shut him out when he had his small stead in Miami. Jeez. Damn. Um, and it's crazy because he's QB three on the year. He averages 22 points a game, but yeah, four points. We go to the running backs. Uh, big dub for James Robinson, 17.8 points. His first double-digit game since week 12. Um, and he finally paid off, you know, for managers that trusted him, uh, you know, going into the playoffs. And uh, an RBL, I mean, we just talked about him, James Conner, uh, nine points. Uh, you know, he's been RB6 this year. He's averaging 16 and a half points. Um, and he just didn't produce at all against one of the worst teams in the league, um, and, you know, against the Detroit Lions, who sh- any running back should definitely go off against the Lions. Uh, wide receivers, again, we already talked about him, but Brandon Cooks, got to show him love, 29.2 points, his best game all year. He's on his way to another 1,000-yard season. He only needs, you know, 55 more yards, um, and he's just one of fantasy's most slept-on weapons every, every single year, um, and then a massive, massive L, Jamar Chase, I mean, 1.3 points, uh, completely shut out by Denver. And just a massive bust just from a guy that, you know, propelled a lot of teams to the fantasy playoffs, and he just, you know, really disappointed in a crucial, crucial week. Uh, tight end dub, Travis Kelsey, it's basic, but this was his best game of the year by far, 41.1 points. The Chargers had no answer for him. I mean, they were just giving him yards, uh, you know, coming off with back-to-back 5.7-point weeks. Uh, he just went off exactly when you needed to, when, when you needed him to. He finally had his massive, massive game. And then a tight end L, Dawson Knox. I mean, 7.8 points. Uh, you know, he's been one of the best tight ends all year. He just didn't really have that great of a game. You know, it's not actually that terrible of a game considering how, you know, so much despair in the tight end, uh, you know, area. 
but it's just bad for him who's been really, really good. And he's really been up there in the elite, you know, with the Kelsey's, the Andrews, the Kittles, um, and, you know, kind of like the Schultz, like that area. Uh, he's been really good this year and just disappointed, you know, with only 7.8 points. But, yeah, those are the best performers and failures. Yeah, some guys have balled out. And all those guys that ball out, the Week 15 fantasy team of the week. Uh, a interesting one because uh, two of the guys in this list were on your waiver wire. I don't, there's no way – Anyone was starting Tyler Huntley unless you had some belief in him. Or no one was starting Duke Johnson, I'll tell you that. No one was starting Duke Johnson. But Tyler Huntley, 35.9 points, four total touchdowns, almost came up against the upset W against the Packers. Uh, Duke Johnson, RB1 on the week. Who's going to say that? Uh, 257, uh, 25.7 points uh, in his return to Hard Rock Stadium where he played his college ball. Two former Miami guys uh, scored – there this week at Braxton Berrios as well. Shout out him. RB2, Jonathan Taylor, 23 points. The huge, the huge. Always got to suspect him on this list. And a guy that's been on this list, he might have been on this week list every week. Because I looked at it the other day, he only has three games under 20 points this year. That's Cooper Cup, 34.7 points. He's had zero games at 10 points or less. That's ridiculous. Crazy to see from a guy who's been absolutely dominant this year. Because even when he has a bad game, he has a serviceable game. Uh, wide receiver two, Tyreek Hill, 32.8. He's going to do the damn work. 10-plus receptions, a touchdown. Guy who went off, though, Travis Kelsey, 41.1 points, two touchdowns, was moving like no one's business out there on that last scoring touchdown. And the flex, I think first time we've seen it all year, uh, Mark Andrews, another tight end in the flex, 35.6 uh, scoring player all, all week. Yeah, that's crazy. We've seen a lot of tight end performances in the 35-plus range. We saw Kittle back-to-back weeks. We just saw Kelsey and Andrews. Big boys making it making it out there. I love to see from Andrews because he was the guy that I was doubting a couple weeks into the season, and now he's turned around and had 1,000 yards this year, which is crazy because Marquise Brown looked like he was going to be that guy this year. But with Kyler, I mean, uh, Lamar out, it's been different. Uh, defense, Steelers. Win over the Titans. Yeah, they just, they won over the Titans. Uh, yeah, win over the Titans, holding the 13 points. Uh, kicker, Kaimi Fairburn of the Houston uh, Texans with 16 points gives you a total of 259.8, which takes us into week 16 in the outlook. Carson, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I mean, the Cardinals, you know, how does this team – bounce back against an absolutely terrible loss against the Lions. And, you know, they're playing a really hot Colts team who have the best weapon in football by far, uh, or maybe not by far, you know, no disrespect to Cooper Cup, but, you know, they have Jonathan Taylor's been going off. So how do they respond? Because, you know, the Colts, uh, the Colts are hot. They're, you know, they, they're trying to lock this, uh, you know, AFC South up. Um, and the Cardinals, it's going to it's going to be a big testament to their character as a team. Are they going to fold, you know, under pressure as, you know, we get closer and closer to the playoffs and lose the Colts? Because this is really a, a big time win. If they if they want to keep that, num- not keep it, but if they want to gain back that number one seed, they have to win this game and, and bounce back. And then, uh, you know, another division implication, you know, AFC North, Ravens, Bengals, they're both eight and six. It's a huge, huge game. You might even, you know, most likely decide who who ends up with the AFC North. Um, it seems like no one really wants to win that division, but this will be a huge, huge game for that. Um, I'm really excited for that. Hopefully, hopefully Lamar will be back and we'll get to see Lamar and Joe Burrow, you know, go at it. Um, so yeah, those are my, those are my, you know, two outlooks. Yeah. Going into week 16. yeah. 
Just going to take a look at the betting real quick. Um, haven't been talked about it much, but hey, Dolphins, they're rolling. They've been on a huge win streak facing the Saints team, which I'm not going to give them too much credit because it seems like they just know how to beat the Bucs, despite how the Bucs could be undefeated. And I wouldn't give the Saints extremely much credit going into the next game because they just know how to shut them down. But Dolphins currently plus three on the spread, uh, plus 140 on the money line. I think it's good value to take uh, against a Dolphins team that's been hot and a Saints team that's has a huge head coming off that big performance against Tampa Bay. Um, so I think Dolphins worth a value bet at plus 140. Rams-Viking, I think it's about 49 and a half on the over. Uh, I'm taking it. I think you got to go a team that – and the Vikings that doesn't have a very talented defense at some times, despite the, the guy, the big names on there. I think the Rams uh, – Jalen Ramsey, I think Justin Jefferson's going to go off on him. I, I think typically Justin Jefferson's just that guy at this point. And Dalvin Cook's been looking good recently. So, hey, you go gritty on them. But if they put another Fortnite graphic, I might punch my TV screen. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> well, that shit had me dead. I <laughs> know. Uh, but uh, Browns plus seven and a half going in uh, to Lambeau. I think you got to give them some respect there. Plus seven and a half, a team that's got a super strong run game against a run defense that isn't fantastic. Um, I think they should be able to make it a close game with the way – uh, they've been able to run down. I think Devontae Adams has a good matchup going up against Denzel Ward. Uh, so I'd like to see it. But I think even throwing in a teaser, like six-point teaser plus 13 and a half, uh, I think that's good value there. And then Carolina plus 10 and a half against the depleted Bucks team. I take it out. I take it outright. Plus 10 and a half. Uh, they're without Godwin, who's been their best receiver this year. Uh, Mike Evans is a little banged up. I think we might be looking at wait, who is their oh what? Um Colin Johnson, I think, and like Scotty Miller are the next guys up for this team. Going to see a lot of tight end work, so hopefully we see them cover them well. Um, but I think Carolina should could surprise a lot of people, especially if they can slow down Ronald Jones and make them forced to throw the ball to some not very talented weapons out there, which takes us right into our bold predictions. Carson, you're number one on this list. What do you got to say? Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – I think the Texans might cover against the Chargers. I think the, you know, the Chargers, they're a team that, you know, they play up or down to their competition. And I could easily see, you know, it, it seems like it should be a given. Like, I think the Texans are, uh, you know, they're getting probably 10, anywhere from like 10 to 15 points, you know, depending on your sports book. But uh, I, I think they, I think they cover, you know, they keep it, you know, within a, a, a touchdown or maybe a touchdown, a field goal or something. I just think the chargers, like I said, they, they play down to their competition and the Texans look a little frisky. Davis Mills look pretty good, uh, you know, against the Jags. And uh, I just don't, I don't think the chargers are really that serious. And I could easily see that happening when everyone else thinks that, uh, you know, the chargers are going to blow them out. So that's my bold prediction. Uh, I, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily pencil in the chargers, uh, you know, spread, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for me, I'm taking tomorrow night's game. I'm talking about my own boys. I think Debo Samuel's going to get a TD in the air and the ground uh, with 100-plus scrimmage yards in the dominant Niners victory. And ESPN, for the playoffs, put that man Debo as a running back wide receiver. It's about damn time. He's been playing more running back snaps, I'm pretty sure, than wide receiver snaps the last three or so weeks. So let's see it happen. And Jose, with the boldest take of them all, take it away. Bro, Lamar missed his first game due to injury last game with, I believe, an ankle sprain. And with the amount of players we've got missing due to COVID, I would not be surprised if he's not able to come back or he's just not able to be himself. And they put these fresh legs of this great man, Tyler Huntley, and he leads them into the playoffs. I mean, I, I would love to see it. He's played in the playoffs before. 
they don't really have to change the playbook at all. I mean, he plays – he's basically Lamar with fresh legs. So, let's see exactly. it happen. Hey, one of Lamar's best highlights of his MVP season came against the Bengals. Is Tyler Huntley going to hit the spin move on them, boys? I'd love to see it happen. <laughs> I'd love to see it happen. But, please, hey, please, please. Only time will tell. I know people are coming up on their second week of their uh, round one of fantasy, so – Hopefully you got some boys that can come through, come through clutch. We got some big deficits in our league, so we'll see how it goes. But without further ado, this has been Coast Coast Podcast. Signing out. Peace.